Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. And as we're going to find in this conversation, we're going to catch up with Mr. Jason Pritchard, and we're going to hear about his very, very first student, Michelle, and what set Michelle apart. Michelle, how you doing today? Good. How about yourself? I'm doing well. Thank you for saying yes to this crazy guy who reached out on Instagram. I appreciate you. Thank you for that. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, and Jason, you and I obviously are boys. We go back a long ways. You are coming yes, out sir. to Vegas. You are the opening speaker. For the Vegas event, you and your lovely wife, Jen or Jennifer. Uh, so how you been, man? We haven't talked in a while. We we are doing very well. Uh, this will be probably the most dialed presentation that I've ever had because Jennifer is not screwing around. <laughs> She's like, we're going to have our slides ready. We're going to rehearse. We're going to have everything ready. So this might be the best uh, speaking uh, engagement that I've <laughs> ever been involved in, man. I'm excited. You actually have the wife doing the work. That's what I just took from That's all right. of that. <laughs> Uh, but one of the things I love about what you and I've been doing, because we've known each other for, let's call it a decade, right? We were bouncing around, you know, we were in the same circle for well over a decade. And you had talked about bottling up what you have now built and have proven successful beyond a, a shadow of a doubt. Like Alex Ramosi talks about the way you beat doubters is you just keep stacking wins until right. it's undeniable. You're, you're there. But you finally, you finally took that step to be open to mentoring, which is something you and I've been talking about. No lie for five years. Yep. Right. You've been doing the, I remember one time you got around it, but like, Michael, I'm doing Friday coffee with anybody who shows up or some nonsense like that. I'm yep. like, Jason, that's not it. That's not it. You've got to step up. So uh, talk about what, uh, what you did less than a year ago. Why don't you just kind of set that up? Yeah, I'll give everybody the condensed version because I do think it's a cool story. So um, Michelle, I believe initially, and I made contact um, just coming through some of our local meetups and she would attend the meetups and kind of do what everybody does. I think at the beginning, just go try to gather some information, slowly start reaching out, networking. And we had a meetup uh, in March of, of 23 and last year. And Michelle came up to me after the end. And she basically said, listen, you're going to be my mentor. You're hiring me as my coach. I don't care if you don't have a coaching program. I don't care what's <laughs> going on. And I told her, I said, listen, man, I've been thinking about this. And I think she had made a really strong connection with one of my key team members, Morgan. And her and Morgan had built a bond, right? And so Morgan had given me some information about Michelle, too. And I just remember standing on the little stage that we're at having a conversation with Michelle. And I was like, listen, I don't have a platform. I don't have any <laughs> modules. I don't have anything right now. But... What I can promise you is that if you invest in yourself, I will be all in with you. And as long as you meet me halfway, the only way that you're not going to be successful is over my dead body. And so, um, yeah, that was it. That was the commitment that we made to each other. And uh, it's been a wild ride. I'll let Michelle kind of share her story, but she's had some incredible success. And I could not be prouder of everything she's accomplished in a very short amount of time. I want to say before Michelle jumps in that I am not surprised 
that it took someone uh, with the gumption of Michelle to basically corner you <laughs> and say, we're doing this uh, because I've known you want it, but it's always, it just falls down on the priority list, right? You're a busy guy. You've got lots of stuff going on, but yep. your heart and your mind knew you had to do this because you have, you have a lot to give. So, all right, Michelle, you've been going to these meetups. You've been meeting a bunch of people. You connect with Morgan, who is awesome, by the way, I've been wow. lucky enough to speak with her several times. And uh, you finally get the guy. You trap him on stage. I'm sure you went to that event with the goal of getting a commitment from him. You go up to stage probably at the end. You corner yeah. him. What are you thinking at that moment? Um, I was terrified at that oh, moment. Oh, no, you were? You were yeah, terrified. I was. I was I was very nervous. And I, I actually, you know, talking to people at the event before that, before I spoke with Jason, and I had... A couple people like I said, I want to talk to Jason about the mentorship. So I'm going to stay. I'm going to wait so I can talk to him because he always has a line of people, you know, and wanting to talk to him. And a um, couple people were like, mentorship, like, come on, you can do this yourself. You don't really, it's kind of a waste of money. You know, there's some, because so many people do them and it's, you know, a waste. And um, I almost, walked away. I almost was like, yeah, wow. I should do this myself because I tend to write on like, I'm going to do everything myself. So I almost walked away, but I got up there and, um, yeah, I was terrified, but it was, that's interesting. Yeah. It was something that I remember when I left, because this was the very beginning of like my journey to put myself out there more. Cause I'm not comfortable with that normally. And, uh, so I'm like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to talk to him. And so, so let's go back in time just a little bit. Cause I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by this. You're in the audience. You're telling people your plan. They're poo-pooing your plan. Hmm. What did, what did you done pre that event? So obviously Jason said you'd been to meet up. So he had seen you you're around, but were you do like, I call it a buy box. Were you, were you looking at stuff or what was Michelle doing kind of? pre this event? Yeah, I was on the MLS a lot. Um, I was reaching out to agents a lot, looking for seller finance. That's what I was really looking for at first uh, okay. was the seller finance. So I was reaching out to lots and lots of agents um, and Morgan was one of them. And that's how I started to connect with her. And cause she was one of the first ones that actually gave me the time of day. Cause I would have agents call me if I would text them and they'd be like, Honey, nobody does nobody does that anymore. <laughs> you yeah. gotta love agents. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, okay. Um, so that was kind of the gist of it. Let's see. We had we already had a rental property, and okay. uh, my husband had just sold his like dream car to go towards the business. So we had a chunk of money. We were looking for something at that time. Okay. We were ready to buy. So you were already doing what most people weren't. You were you were doing some work. Mm -hmm. You were net you were networking. You were yeah. cold calling or cold outreach to agents. Yes. You were looking at the MLS. So right there, Michelle, you are ahead of the game probably by, I don't know, ninety percent of everybody else. Like, how much time do you think you were spending a day? Again, this is pre Jason's meeting. Yeah. Uh, how much time are you spending, quote unquote, doing the work? Probably about six hours a day or so. What? Six hours a day? Yeah. Call me impressed. All right. 
And how long have you been doing that? Like, are we talking months, quarters? Yeah, a couple years? months, a couple months. Cause I had had a, fit, a fitness business prior to that. And right. kind of once the new year started, I thought, okay, I'm going to start hitting real estate a lot harder and trying to figure it out myself. That was around the time I think you guys started teasing about the mentorship or maybe Morgan had, and it was like, okay, we should probably look into this once they're ready. And I was like, I'm ready to go. I want to get this going. So then at that meetup, it was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to just talk to him and figure this out. Okay. <laughs> so you haven't, so Jason, your first student was already doing more than most people do in a year, right? We're talking January, February, March, she's already spending six hours a day kind of doing stuff, right? Probably not organized or focused or, right. or like a plan, but doing yep. stuff. <laughs> what what did you see in her when she came to you and basically cornered you? Because again, you have you and I have undoubtedly had hundreds and probably thousands of people beg for our time. And there, we say there no, was no there was a certainty in her approach to me. Zuber, that was the, that was honestly the only reason that I committed to her at that point, because had she come with a different kind of approach and a vibe and been just like, Hey, let me know if you're going to start a coaching program, I'd be interested. I probably would have just continued to put it off, right. but I'm the type of person that really likes and appreciates, um, a confidence and a tenacity and just like a certainty is the word that I'll use that I felt like that energy coming off Michelle. She was like, Hey, we're going to do this. It's like, I'm going to be your first student. I'm going to do this. And I think I needed just a little bit of push to kind yeah. of get outside of my comfort zone. And I think one of the things that I hesitated for a long time was Uber. And I struggle with sometimes too, is making the commitment to do this and not really being a hundred percent certain if it was going to work out. And it's something that I take very seriously. I know you do too. It's like somebody gives me money to do something. It's like, I want to make sure that they get oh that we over deliver value. And so I was still in this space where I was probably a little bit unsure. And I think that her being so confident and just saying, Hey, this is going to happen. I knew that sh that confidence, I could get that confidence to transfer over to the real estate side of the business. And so it's like, I was like, if she's got that, I can work with that. And if it gave me what I needed to, uh, to flip the switch and make the decision. And so, uh, that was it. I don't, Michelle and I haven't talked about this, but I think had she been a little bit more, uh, <laughs> reserved in her approach that we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. So yeah, it was, that was, a, that was, uh, that was what it was for me. I'm glad All you right. saw that. Cause I was, <laughs> I was not feeling that. <laughs> <laughs> I do think that's kind of funny. One of you are yeah. saying they're kind of apprehensive and the others like she's in. I like, I like it. The You're thing that I'll person. say, let me, let me unpack what Michelle just said. Cause so much of what I think has to do with Michelle's success is what's going on up here and not necessarily the mechanics yeah. of like, how do you do a real estate deal or how do you run numbers yeah. or how to find a deal. Right. And I think as a, as a coach and a mentor, I can see the yes. potential in people before they can see it in themselves. And I've had people that coach and mentor me do the exact same thing for me. Right. So we talked about earlier, like, how do we take these things and transfer them to other people and allow them to run kind of the same plays that we've run and found success? And I think that was that was it, Michelle. And now you are seeing it come out. Like, the way that you handle yourself, like in our conversations and even the text messages that we have now, you operate with the certainty that you didn't have 
necessarily in yourself with the real estate business back in April, but I knew that it was always there, right? And so I knew that if I could pull that out of you and then just point you <laughs> towards the real estate thing, I think you would, you would obviously, you would do great what you're doing right now, so. Thank you. No, I, I agree with that. One of the things that you and I will undoubtedly have developed over time is we can see the future of a lot of people that kind of interact with both good and bad, right? I, mm -hmm. I have this new, new category called shooting stars because I can see you, you're vibrating. You're so excited, but you're also going to wash out at the first hiccup. It's, it's, it's unfortunate. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm curious, Jason, Michelle said that she was spending roughly six hours a day trying to make this work for a couple of months. Did you know that when she's standing in front of you and on that stage? No, I, I didn't. I didn't know kind of what her background was. Um, I'm the type of person that, you know, I am analytical by nature, but I make lots of big decisions instinctually. And I think I've learned to really kind of trust the sixth sense or this instinct that I've had and I've developed it and I've honed it. And I just felt like something was right there. I didn't get into a bunch of background. I didn't say try to pre-qualify or anything. I wasn't like, what are you doing? What have you been doing? Talk to me about this. Um, because I, I knew, and I think the reason why I did that, Zuber, was because I knew, and I'm very confident to this day, that real estate investing is the, is the vehicle for most people because it's simple but not easy, right? So I don't think that it's overly complicated. I can teach you how to do the real estate business. It's learning the hard part, which is the consistency, doing the work like you say all the time. I just felt like Michelle had the capacity to do that at the beginning. So I was like, I already got the blueprint. I'm yeah. only ever going to show you what's working right now because that's all that we're doing. And we were in the same market. So it's mm -hmm. like, it, there's no question whether or not the stuff that we're going to show you is going to work. Your Michelle in this instance was the variable and I felt right. confident that she could pull it off. No, I think, I think, you know, I think it was a marriage made in heaven for your first student. So at this point, you guys come together, you agree to do something. There's money exchanged. Now you start having conversations. Right. Again, you don't have a framework, a platform, you know, whatever. Jason, wh wh where is that first kind of conversation? Because now you're the teacher and you've got a student. What, where, what was first for you? So for me, I think this is where lots of people miss the mark and what I really focus on and what we worked on with Michelle was knowing and understanding that real estate investing the way that I do it's a linear process you have certain steps that have to happen in certain orders and we need to start with step one and step one is where are the deals going to come from right and so you can unpack that and talk about who are the motivated sellers and the lists how do we get in front of those people what marketing channels are working and we really worked with Michelle on her interpersonal communication skills and her ability to connect and build rapport with sellers because when we're going direct to seller which is 99% of the deals that I've done over the last almost 10 years is we're negotiating directly with the seller or being introduced. It's not stuff that we're buying off MLS. There is not somebody negotiating on your behalf. So you have to get really good at connecting at a below a surface level, really understanding and uncovering what the problems that the sellers are experiencing and developing enough trust where they will open up about what's going on and allow you to even like diagnose their problem and then present a solution. And so we worked a lot on that. And I will say, you know, Michelle was 
you know, we were getting on the phone, we were cold calling, we were doing lots of these things. And I, and I would, Michelle, I don't want to speak for Michelle, but I don't think they were things that Michelle really liked or, you know, nobody <laughs> likes cold calling. So, I mean, it's, no. nobody likes that, but she had to get outside of her comfort zone because getting your teeth, your teeth kicked in on the phone is not a fun experience and doing that over and over and over again for weeks and months and not seeing that result. It is really that meme that we see where it's the the two people digging for gold and one guy is just feverishly digging and he's three feet away and the other person's also three feet away, but you see him giving up. And it's just learning to kind of work through some of that dirty work at the beginning. And it was a lot of how do you talk to people? How do you find these deals? And then once you get good at talking to people, all the other things will take care of themselves because if you can generate a qualified lead, you're gonna be forced to learn how to analyze that deal. Once you learn how to analyze that deal, you're going to be forced to go back and present that seller with an offer. And then once you do that, you're going to be forced to work on your negotiation skills. And then once you get a deal on contract, we will focus on all the other stuff, how to raise money, which she's proven to be very, very good at that. Probably of all the students we've had, she's raised more private money than than most of them. And so that's another thing that she's taken uh, to very well. And so it, it just started with finding deals, Uber. That was the big thing, I think, initially. So, Michelle, this is going to be an interesting part of the conversation for me because, again, pre-talking to Jason on stage, you are already spending six hours, I'll call it flailing, right? You were, <laughs> yeah. you were, you were doing that. Now, Jason comes up to you and says, okay, Michelle, we're going to do this first. I'm going to guess it's probably something you weren't doing because you were talking to agents, sure, but that's kind of a warm. They're not going to. Yeah. Right. Now you're going direct to seller at somehow. Uh, I'm going to guess you weren't doing that pre-Jason. You started doing post-Jason. Uh, that probably wasn't a lot of fun, and that was probably nerve-wracking. Yeah. Yes, it was. Um, it was very much out of my comfort zone. And uh, and then when we had this, the script trainings as well, that was that was tough for me because when you're calling a seller, you're calling one person. When you're you know role-playing, there's 10 people listening or sometimes 20 or whatever it is. So that the, the script training was as nerve wracking as cold calling to me. And um, so that was, I still feel that way sometimes. And so it's taken a lot of time to kind of get over that and just, you just, just do it. Don't even think about it because if you think about it, you're not going to do it. So, yeah, and it, yeah, back to the point both of you have made, you're, you're paying Jason for the process. And Jason's absolutely right. Doing Creating Jason's business, it is nothing more than a pipeline. And a lot of people could get focused on step three and step four of the pipeline because mm -hmm. it's comfortable, it's easy, it's an Excel. But if you're not putting stuff in the front, you're wasting money, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? So Jason goes, hey, sorry, step one. Yeah, you gotta you gotta talk to owners, aka hopefully sellers. Yes, and um, that's uncomfortable for a lot of people, but it it's a must. It's a must. Yep. So Absolutely. Talk about your evolution on a scale of one to ten. Let's say day one you were a zero. It was totally mm -hmm. outside. Blah blah blah. How did that evolve over time? Because we're now what nine months into doing this. Mm -hmm. When did you start to feel you weren't a zero on that scale? Probably like midway through our first flip. Ah, and when did you land that? 
that was in August, I believe. We sold it December 1st. So say September, right. you know, so make it easy. So you're four or five months into this finding deals, talking to people. Uh, you probably made what? I don't know, 10,000 phone calls, 5,000 by this yeah, point? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> uh, so Jason, how do you take somebody who, you know, you and I both had sales careers where cold calling was beat into us. So we're, it doesn't bother us. But how do you take somebody who's maybe even afraid of the phone? <laughs> And get them to understand that no, you this this is this is step one. Yeah, I I think it starts with understanding first that you don't have to have a bunch of like natural sales chops in order to be good at connecting with people. And sales is such a kind of a polarizing word because we say sales, and I think most people automatically yeah. go to the negative end of the spectrum. And I, we've all had bad sales experiences with bad salespeople, right? And so for me. I want to instill a, a level of sales professionalism in all the people and really show them how to communicate with people at the highest level, right? So first part of that is understanding that this is a process that can be learned. You do not have to be like the wolf of Wall Street in order to do this, right? Like naturally, you just kind of do it. People kind of, I'm naturally very good at it, right? So people kind of look at me and it's like, well, great, that's easy for you to do it. But like, how the hell am I supposed to do that, right? And so I think it's knowing and understanding that, First of all, you don't have to have like naturally born with it. Secondly, there's a process, there's a framework that you can follow. And that's what we try to teach, right? With every interaction with the seller, there's like certain frameworks and scripts and organization that you follow that if you just follow this blueprint and you first get good at understanding what to say as part of the scripts that we have for each one of those scenarios. And then what will naturally happen is if you can get the script down cold, you will eventually get to a space where it doesn't come across as robotic, where you're reading off of a script, you'll start to articulate the message on the script in the way that's natural for Jason or Michelle or for Zuber. But that takes thousands of reps, right? And that's what that's what the hard part is for most people. They get on the phone and they get told no 10 times. And then they're like, well, this doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't work, work. Right? And so yeah. it's like, you're not even one Tenth of one percent into the amount of work that you need to put in in order to even develop the skills that we're talking about. So most people, there's a skill gap. And if there was a way, and I would tell Michelle this because we've had lots of calls where she was like, "I don't know if this is working. Like, I don't like, I don't know, like, you know, like where it's just the natural progression that everybody has, right? And you have to give yourself enough time to let some of this stuff actually seep in and then take and then manifest itself out when, when you're doing it. And there's no other way to do it. But like you say, do the work, you have to do the work. And this is true from deal analysis, building a buy box, running numbers, doing this the first time that you build out your buy box and run numbers, you're going to suck. The yeah. hundredth time you're going to be better. The thousands, the thousandth time you do it, you're going to be that much. It's just, it's just a numbers game and that's it. Right. And it's the same with talking to sellers. It's the same with anything else that you do in your life. And going back to what we were saying at the beginning about that, that certainty that Michelle had, I saw that little glimmer of certainty in her. And I just felt like, listen, she, that's the kind of energy that you need in order to kind of break through that, 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 that first three, four, five, six months, however long it's going to take to break through for you. You need that in order to do it. Mm -hmm. If you're just like, I'm doing this no matter what, I don't care if it takes 30 days or three, no matter what this is happening, I can work with you. I can give you the things that you need. But if you don't have that, it's, it's, you know, you're like you said, you're going to 
come out of the gate really hot and then you're just going to burn out and that's it. And so, um, you know, that's one of the biggest things that you need in order to find a success initially in this business. Yeah. So Michelle, I want to go back to evolution because I think we just got to highlight everybody goes through it is mm -hmm. all right. You're committed. Jason's like, okay, we're, we're going to stop doing the other thing. We're going to focus here. You start making hundreds of calls a day. I'm sure having dozens of conversations, it goes days, weeks, months, not fun. You, you probably at this point don't even see the progress you're making. Jason probably does because he's, he, he sees you evolve and get better, but you're two or three months into this and you you probably had a several conversations, maybe with your husband, maybe with friends about this isn't working. This isn't working. So mm -hmm. tell us about that. Cause I'm sure you went through it. Yes. A hundred percent. There was a few times that Jason or Morgan had to talk me off the ledge of, of a, a lot of negative and, um, and my husband has said the same thing forever. It's a numbers game. It's a numbers game. Take the emotion out of it. It's a numbers game. So I had heard that for so long <clears throat> and um, Jason saying like, yeah, it sucks, but you have to do it. And how he said, like, if I had a way to just make this easy for you and take it out, I would, but I, this is just how it is. You have to do it. Right. It was kind of like, okay, well, I have to do this period. The end, I have to do it. It sucks, but I have to do it. But there was still a part of me that was like trying to control it, I guess, for lack of a better word. And, um, it finally got to a point that I had to let go and just be like, I'm just going to do the work right? and try and be as positive as I can help as many people as I can. And, um, let, like not think anything else of it. And that's when things started to take off. I was just going to say, I know exactly when things took off for you Yeah, is when you just released that and you just, you just stepped up and did the work day in, day out. Just, yeah. It is just that is a numbers game. Yep. So let's talk about that first meaningful conversation when, with the deal that the first deal you closed. Um, yeah, you're, you're so used to the at-bats and being striking out, striking out, striking out. Then you get this, this conversation that just feels different. Do you remember that first conversation? With the seller? Yep. Yeah. Um, yes. We, let's see, we were probably a month away from being finished with our first flip and, um, or maybe it was like a month till we sold it. I think it was about November. And I had one on the MLS that I was trying to get. And then one that, uh, the seller called me and I connected with her pretty quick. She was a little tweaky, but I still connected with her. I understood her her reason for wanting to sell and move and stuff. So, um, it was around that time that I got my first like off market signature, you know, on the agreement. And then the, the one on the MLS, like had verbally accepted that that's when it would, that was like the same day. So that was a really a big, yeah, that was a really big I don't know, jump off for me, I guess that it was like, okay, I can do this. This is off market. This is on market. Our flip was from a wholesaler. So, um, that's when I really started to like get the confidence that I needed. And I remember telling Jason, like, 
after I got that first signature, I'm like, I want more signatures. I want more <laughs> signatures. Like, I couldn't yeah, wait. To this get is more addicting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely was addicting. So, um, so yeah, I would say that was around the time, and that was around the same time that I had to kind of let let go of right. Right. of everything. That was like the same week. So it was it was a lot of mental work to get to that point because I'm very stubborn and um, just. I overanalyze everything. So it took, I had to let that overanalyzing part of me go. Right. And it's still so a struggle sometimes. So Jason, you're, I don't know, nine months into this relationship, improving it. And I don't mm -hmm. know if she texted you or called you or how you heard that she got her first signature, but how did you feel after what probably felt like a lot of work um, getting that message? How, how'd that feel? It was so, it was such a cool thing because what's what I think is different about Michelle than um, some of the other students, and this isn't good or bad, it's just different. Okay. Yeah. Like she texted me that it was done. She didn't text me to say, Hey, I, I'm looking at this deal. Like I need some help with this. Like, can you run the number? She was like, Hey, I signed a contract. And I was like, What? what? And so it was like this very, uh, obviously, a great surprise. But also it feels really good because I do understand that like with the pro you're paying to operate with the safety. So I have no problem like a, right. either me or my team being there to help you just double check because I do not want you to get into a deal where you're getting in over your head or the numbers are too thin or whatever. Right. And um, going back to like how Michelle has this certainty that is kind of unique and different to her. She was had already done it. She had already pulled the trigger. She goes, I already signed it. I got them down like 30 grand from like their initial asking price or whatever. And like all of this stuff, here's the numbers. And I was like, wow, I was like, good for you. And then we went back, double checked the deals and the, the numbers. And I was just like, okay, this is good. We have to make sure we keep an eye on these things, but I do think it's a safe deal. Uh, we were able to get her connected with one of the contractors that we use locally, which made me feel good because I didn't, it wasn't a, a, a paint and carpet flip for sure. There was some substantial work that needed to be done. And so I just wanted to make sure they didn't get over their head on the very first rehab. And I think, Things always work out the way that they're supposed to work out. And I think, you know, they they bought it. They got it turned really quickly. They got it listed. It was on the market for a little bit. And I think we were out of space because we were talking about pricing strategy where we're almost considering possibly doing a reduction or whatever. And then right when that happened, I think they got a full price offer. It closed without any hitches that I know of. Yeah. And like that proof of concept is so important for somebody yes. with like Michelle at this stage to realize like locking the deal up is one getting it rehabbed and managed is enough but actually getting it sold where it's like bam we sold it all the money came back in plus some profit like that's such a pivotal moment for most people in this journey and then like once that happens and I feel like we had a really and I, I want to add this too, because I do think this is important. I was driving up to a meetup that I was speaking in in Sacramento and Michelle and I were on the phone for like 90 minutes. This was a month or two, maybe before all of this stuff that Michelle started talking about where she was like, I don't know if this is working. Like we had to really have like, that was the biggest talk that I remember having with her where she really did feel like, you know, not that she was second guessing herself, but she said earlier, like we had to talk her off the ledge a couple of times. Mm -hmm. That conversation sticks out in my head the most. And it was a, because I was on the road, I was like, let's just talk and tell me where you're at and all of the different things that were going on. And, and it was so, what she said is so just releasing this attachment that you have to these outcomes and stop trying to force every single thing that was there. And for a very long time, she was just 
every deal that was there, even though I was telling her like, Hey, this is not really a deal. Like we probably need to move on and look at the next thing. And we can always come back to this. And if things change and she stopped trying to force every single opportunity that was coming across. And she was just like, I, like she said, I'm just going to do the work. I'm going to commit to trusting the process and wherever the chips are going to fall, that's where they're going to fall. And then that's when things really started to happen quickly for him. And so if you're struggling right now and you're kind of in the same space that Michelle was back in April or May or whatever, stop trying to force things. Stop trying to control everything and realize all you can control is what you do every single day. And even today, Michelle, every week, she sends me a screenshot of her calendar. She says, here's my calendar. This is what I'm doing. These are the activities, time blocked. Even now, like she still does it now. And like, yeah. think about that. It's like, you can control your schedule and what you do every day. You can't control what a, how a seller responds to your offer or how they talk to you over the phone. You just control what you do today. And she's done such a good job of that. And that's a huge part of why she's experiencing the outcomes that she is right now. So Michelle, from your standpoint, when you look back on what you were doing pre that conversation with Jason at the meetup and what you're doing today, it doesn't sound like your time commitment could be much different, but probably what goes in that time bucket is very different. What, what does your day look like today versus what you were trying to do a year ago? <laughs> well, it was, it was very much like a flailing, like you said, it was just <clears throat> looking, I mean, the, I had like a buy box. I had a few zip codes I tried to stay in and everything, but it was just kind of a lot of, let's just see where the day goes. We're now like, I have a big whiteboard in front of me that has my schedule on it. And now that we have a couple flips going, I probably need to tweak it a little bit for now, but um, I'm not, I'm not able to spend as much time cold calling as I was, which as much as I hate it, like eats at me that I can't cold call Wow. It eats, it, it eats at you now where before you probably ran from it. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, love yeah. That. I know it's interesting how that turned. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is. But uh, so now it's very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like, it's very intentional with, with my time that I'm not like scrolling and, you know, looking There's at... And before you know it, two hours has gone by. So I have to be very intentional with my time. And um, so, like I said, my schedule is going to change now, but it's like a, an hour or two of cold calling in the morning. Um, we have our script trainings and everything a couple days a week with the program that I still do. Um, driving for dollars is in there um, probably three days a week or so. And then I have about an hour for the whole week. I try not to spend too much time on the MLS because I find that it just gets right. to be a little bit of a waste of time, but I'm, I'm still looking at MLS properties because as you know, they are, those deals are out there. So um still trying to work on that, but trying to focus more on off market right now. Yeah. yeah very, very cool. So uh, Jason also Michelle highlighted uh, that you've been particularly good at raising private money. Um, why don't you kind of talk about that evolution? Because again, it is a process, uh, in my opinion, to kind of document what you're doing and to get the full faith of, of folks to potentially lend you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why don't you talk about that evolution? So my husband helps me a lot with that. Um, we actually have a couple private money guys that have been great that are our friends. Sure. And that's where it started. And it was very much just, here's X amount of dollars, no promissory, no, no deed of trust. 
oh. anything like that in the beginning where we're we're trying to make it a lot more official now but um all that was based on trust of my husband and I but especially him because they they know him better um so now I'm looking for I'm reaching out to title company looking for that I finally did like a post on Instagram yesterday which was really hard for me to do um I would I feel like that was kind of a missing piece as even though it's such a little deal it is a big deal because I'm like yeah. full putting myself out there and our company and hey we need you know asking for money basically and it is an opportunity but at the end of the day I'm still asking for money so yeah um that was very nerve-wracking but I'm so glad that I finally did that so that is a, that was a big step that I've you know kind of finally did or that I did yesterday but um it has been a journey to even with the guys that we have private money they trust us and everything it's been a journey to be like from a point of hope we don't lose money like to like yeah. oh no we're not going to lose money we're going to get we're going to gain money and then they're going to tell somebody and we're going to be fine to a point that I'm wanting to lock up deals and I'm like we have no way to to fund this but I'm like we'll find a way and that's something yeah. that I've learned so much from Jason is like I overthink naturally. So if I'm looking at a deal, like, okay, well, this needs X amount. Like we don't have that. Do I need to tell them that? Do I like, I, you know, <laughs> I wouldn't ever do that, but yeah. I overthink it so much to now that I'm like, oh no, we'll figure it out. Yeah. And my husband's like, we have no way to fund this. Nope. We'll find it. We'll figure it out. And it's, so that's been I like it. really interesting to see that's myself fun. go through that. So Jason, uh, you have a, uh, a rock star student proven it works modeling um where do you where do you see taking michelle next what's what's her next evolution that she may she may not even see do you have any ideas she she's moving at a feverish pace it's very very impressive and it's um i told her because we were texting yesterday about this funding um problem that she's going to be solving here pretty soon but i said listen now you have your deal flow and your pipeline kind of built out and you've got a steady stream of that so step one is figured out, right? We've got not, it's not solved, but we've got it moving and we've got some momentum. So let's move to step number two, which is where's the money going to come from? And you have to have a pipeline of funding that matches yep. and can and can keep up with your pipeline of deals, right? So going back to what we were saying, not overthinking the process, not going ahead of ourselves. We don't raise the money before we have the deals because that money is just going to be sitting there and that's not a good thing either. So now- I told her yesterday, you have to spend as much time going out, connecting and raising money, the same amount of time that you're doing that to do that you do with deals. And that's part of like managing your schedule and being very strict with how you structure your time and do these things, right? And so now all of a sudden she's learning and evolving as a real estate professional and all the work that she does to go out and find the deal, she has to do the same amount of effort and energy in order to be making connections with people that can fund those deals, right? And those things have to grow together because if they don't, right, that's when we run into issues. Those things always have to be in alignment with each other. And so there's yeah. ways that you can solve that problem. There's You can assign deals, you can partner with people. There's all these other things, but it's not the same as you yeah. having the certainty that if I have a deal for 300 grand, I know for certain that I can go raise that 300 grand before it closes, right? So we're gonna have to take the certainty that Michelle always had in her and how we pointed that at finding deals. We're gonna have to point that at finding yep. money and then we're gonna point it at everything else that we need to along the way. And so I'm, I'm sure yep. that she'll figure it out. 
Yeah. And again, you're, you're one of the, I love it the way Jason just brings his students along is yeah. You don't want to have the money just sitting there. Also, yeah. you don't have the proof, right? Back to Alex Ramosa, you don't have a, a stackable list of, of accomplishments. You've done deals. You have evidence. You have success. You have other investors for referrals. You just got to document that. It's mm -hmm. going to feel uncomfortable. It sounds like you did the first one yesterday. I was doing this back in the day with a freaking blog, right? Mm -hmm. Writing a blog and nothing happened for the first six or seven posts. And by post 10, I had millions of dollars. It just, it's wow. the same process. Yep. Uh, people like people like to see evidence and you clearly have it. So I would tell you to celebrate your success a little bit and uh, you'd be amazed at what would, what would come your way, uh, Michelle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So Michelle, as we kind of bring this home or, or land the plane, as a friend likes to say, what's advice you have for folks out there that are maybe potentially that shooting star, they're all excited and then they just disappear or, Maybe it's, you know, talking to the, you know, Michelle a year ago, sitting in the audience. What's, what's some advice you have for that, that person that's thinking about maybe joining Jason's program or, or reaching out to other mentors in their area? I would say have the blind faith that it's going to work. Um, and not to stop because it is easy to get to that point. And like we said, there's so many people that get to that point, like that they're almost there, but they stop and, um, you don't want to wonder what if, so keep going, yeah. keep going and keep putting in the work and keep your heart in the right place too, of wanting to actually help people and not like it. in a greedy way. Cause I feel like investors get a lot of bad rap and, um, I've been, I hear all kinds of things from, you know, friends and family now that now know what I'm doing that as an investor, they're like, oh, okay. So <laughs> I you didn't know, know you were that way, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. So I would, you know, that's one thing. Um, I, I, the biggest thing though, is just keep going, just don't stop because at some point it's, you're going to get what you want. And if you put in the work, you're going to get what you deserve for it not in a negative way. So um yeah. Bottom line, just keep going. Yeah. I love that. Jason, I know your heart's in the right place. I know your program costs thousands of dollars, which is all good, but you have this amazing website with tons of free information. What is it? Where can people go and where should they check you out? Uh, easiest place to connect with me is on our website, jasonpritchard.com. We have a 10 page step-by-step -step guide. That's literally the roadmap that we still execute in our business every day. So if you're looking for a blueprint, you can download that. And then we have a documents and resources section on there that has basically every core document that you need to get started. All the I scripts. I can't believe you give that train, away for free. Stuff. Right. I, our I our contracts, our assignment agreement, our deal analyzer, uh, the things that you need to help with private lending. So the, the blueprint is there. Um, yeah. And if you need any help or assistance with implementation, if you want accountability, if you want to be involved in a really cool community of students like Michelle, you can reach out yep. to me or my team and we'd be happy to talk to you about, um, you know, what, what the program is. And if you're interested in joining us. Yeah, folks, it's not going to be a hard sell on the program. He has a waiting list of students waiting to get in because he's very selective and whatnot. So this is not a hard push for the program. That's not what this is about. This is about celebrating Michelle and taking the action and uh, celebrating a good friend, Jason, for finally stepping up and doing it. So uh, <laughs> both of you are amazing. Have fun. Go Niners. And we'll see you in Vegas, Jason. Later. Thanks, buddy.